Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 26-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, a devotional written specifically for homeschool moms. If you enjoyed the unhurried homeschooler, you will also love the four-hour school day because it's kind of like an expanded version of the unhurried homeschooler. So if you haven't checked that out, be sure to do that. You can find all three of these books at Amazon. You can find them at DorendaWilson.com, and you can find the four-hour school day at any of your favorite booksellers in addition to the places that I mentioned. I'd also love for you to check out my favorite homeschooling magazine, homeschooling today. Listen in for a few more details about this fantastic resource. When it comes to homeschooling, isn't it discouraging to see so much on social media that simply doesn't match your reality? Life is messy. Kids can be exhausting. School doesn't always go as planned. Sometimes we all need some real encouragement, some real, truly practical help. That's one of the reasons I write for Homeschooling Today magazine. The entire team at Homeschooling Today wants you to know that messy, exhausting, imperfect homeschooling is an incredibly beautiful thing because it's real life as we take an unhurried, bold approach to homeschooling our kids. An approach that says, I won't compare my homeschool to others. I'll teach the kids God has given me in the way that he leads me to do it. I want to encourage you to check out Homeschooling Today magazine. It is an amazing resource for the unhurried homeschooling mom. Before I get started, I want to share a few thoughts on anxiety with you. God's word tells us to be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make our requests known to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So as we look at the beginning of that verse, be anxious for nothing, there's no caveat there. There's no space to say be anxious for nothing except fill in the blank. It says be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. We're bringing these things before the Lord with thanksgiving, which is one of the tips I'll be sharing today in helping to alleviate anxiety. And as we do this repeatedly, I might say, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Now, do I believe anxiety or or feeling anxious or feeling anxiety is a sin? No. I believe that anxiety is a weakness that can lead us into sin if left unchecked, unbridled, and unyielded to the Lord. And clearly in this passage, God tells us to be anxious for nothing, but to bring everything before him with thanksgiving. He also told us that in our weaknesses, he is made strong. So these battles with anxiety can be an opportunity um, for God to be made strong in us. Okay, so as we're bringing these things before the Lord with thanksgiving, is that a one-time act of obedience? No, it is something that we will be required to do over and over again. But as we do, there will be good fruit. 
I hope you enjoy today's episode, and I'm praying that God will help you walk away with exactly uh, what you need from Him today. So today I'm going to be talking about tips to help with anxiety. Now, obviously, you all know by now that I believe every person is created differently. And so today, I'm just going to be sharing some of the things that have worked for me, some simple things that have really made a difference for me. Um, I'm not a doctor. I'm just speaking from my own experience. And uh, I do have a fair amount of experience with anxiety over the years. Um, I'm turning 55 this year, and it's been an ongoing off and on battle, but specifically in the last few years, a really intense battle. And so although I'm going to share a few simple things that have really made a big difference for me, this is not a comprehensive podcast on the topic of anxiety, but I also want to encourage you not to make the mistake that I've sometimes made in the past of thinking that my case is unique, that um, no one actually knows what I'm dealing with and therefore, you know, there's a if if some idea that they give me or something I try doesn't work, um, it's because of that. And sometimes that is true. Sometimes, I mean it is true. Nobody knows exactly what you're walking through. Nobody can feel everything that you're feeling. In fact, God is the only one who can possibly know all of that because he says he never leaves us or forsakes us. And there is no place that we can go that he is not there with us. And that alone has been a super comforting thought to me. There are times that I felt somewhat resentful because it's like, well, you're here. Why aren't you doing something? But it's one of those situations where um, I can choose to find comfort in his presence and just be okay with sitting in that with him and knowing that he is there and asking him for wisdom. These are some of the things I will be sharing um, with you. But, you know, doing some of these things that I'm going to be sharing with you, but at the same time, understanding that God doesn't always just pluck us out of anxiety. He doesn't always just pluck us out of those feelings and that um that sort of sense of of anxiety. Now, again, there are so many different types of anxiety. There are panic attacks. There are uh, things that just involve uh, maybe preoccupation with worry and fear and those kinds of things. And we definitely need to address those and we need to address them biblically. But it doesn't always mean that the feelings are going to go away right away. And so I'm going to be talking more about that in just a minute. But I think what I really want to just get across to you is just to resist the temptation to think that you're the only one who has ever felt this. And and then kind of that can easily spiral into self-pity. I have done this over and over and over again. And it never leads to any place good. And what we have to remember is, again, the truth of God's word. What does God's word say? It says, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And for every temptation, God will make a way 
out. And then other verses talk about how we are not alone in our suffering. Others have suffered as we are suffering. We really are never alone. Um, The enemy would love for us to think that. He would love for us to jump on that bandwagon because if we feel isolated, we are that much more vulnerable to his attacks and it makes it virtually impossible at the very worst and and at the very best, incredibly difficult to climb out of that hole. And so today I'm just going to share some really simple things with you that I can honestly say have really made a difference. Um, but I will say that they require some self-discipline. Now, I know that there is a, a variety of moms listening out there, and most of you probably know that I, I speak from a place of uh, sort of a type A. Um, I am actually very self-disciplined, um, but on the flip side, I can be a control freak, and that can that can feed into my anxiety. Um, and that's one thing I've really had to watch. Am I trying to control this thing that is not actually mine to control, or um, you know, what exactly is going on here? Am I staying in my lane? Um, am I disciplining myself in the things that I know that God has told me to do? Um, and then there's the the other end of the spectrum, and a lot of people fall in the middle, but the other extreme is someone who has no self-discipline, which um, I think that's a, a more common problem than some of us realize. Um, and, and someone who has no self-discipline thinks everything is overwhelming. So they might try something for a little while, and then they'll just quit doing it because they're not actually wanting to do the hard thing or it feels too hard and they don't realize that the hard is what gets you where you want to go. So um, with just those thoughts in mind, uh, I want you to bear in mind that the things that I'm going to share are going to going to require some self-discipline. Um, the flip side is I don't want you to take these things and and like go crazy with them and overcomplicate them, which is another tendency of mine where I just go, oh, I need to do this. Okay. Then I must, I, I need to do it to the nth degree. It must be done perfectly. It must be done on, you know, on every level, just right. And then I just, again, lead myself into more anxiety. So you get, probably get what I'm talking about. Some of you out there who who can relate to that kind of, um, these kinds of tendencies. So what I want to do is provide simple uh, simple things and and the reasons why I think that they're helpful and sustainable things, so simple and sustainable habits, because our habits feed very much, um, very strongly, very uh, very much into our anxiety levels. And so, this is something we need to bear in mind. We've if we want to. Um, sort of alleviate the anxiety, some of the anxiety in our life is going to require some self-discipline. Okay. So where I want to start is kind of an, uh, you know, it's an interesting place to start. I have several things and I'm not sure that these are actually in order of priority. So uh, just bear with me on this as I go through it. So I, I just sort of jotted some notes down and I'm just sort of like here to bring them to you and you can put them in whatever order you want. But for me, one of the biggest things that I've done along the way that I have found has been super helpful is when I'm experiencing a noticeable amount of anxiety where it's it's affecting my everyday life. Um, not just that occasional, gosh, I feel anxious about this and then I'm not, you know. It's this ongoing struggle where my body just feels tense a lot of the time. 
Um, I can tell that I'm not I'm not coming down from that sort of cortisol pump that I've got. And um, so one of the things that I've done over the years is to sit down with my husband and explain to him what I'm feeling and um, just one, ask him to pray for me, especially if it's sort of coming out of the blue and he didn't realize that I was feeling this way because I'm pretty good at just doing the things in front of me and and people not necessarily knowing what's going on inside. And plus he's busy and he's a guy and he's just not always going to be so tuned into that. So I have to actually tell him, okay, so here's what's going on. This is what I've been feeling. Um, I'm not, maybe I'm not sure why. I don't know why. Maybe I can try to talk that out with him. Maybe I can try to, you know, process, I think it might be this, this or this, or a combination of all of these things, because typically that's what it is. It's a combination of things. It could be sleep deprivation. Um, It could be the fact that I just haven't had um, enough solitude. And, And I know that as busy moms, that is virtually impossible sometimes to find, but I can find, what I realized was over the years is that I could find moments of solitude throughout the day, folding the laundry and just being still, letting my heart settle for a few minutes. It was a practice that I would do to help myself come down periodically throughout the day because I'm having to retrain my body that's gotten so amped up from this ongoing surge of adrenaline um, that it, it's not it's not getting a message. It's not even receiving a message that it's time to calm down. And that can begin to affect our sleep and things like that. Hormones can be part of it. There are many variables in the equation. And my first human response is always like, okay, why is this happening? And I want to get to the why instead of bringing it before the Lord first and saying, Lord, I'm just feeling super anxious. I'm not exactly sure why but you know my heart. You know me better than I do. And I ask that you would just reveal my heart to me. Is there a sin that I need to confess? Is there something I've been doing or thinking that needs to change? Would you please reveal it to me and reveal yourself to me so that I can you know, restore that fellowship with you if my anxiety is coming from being out of fellowship with God, which sometimes that is the case and I don't even realize it because I've been too busy and I haven't been nurturing that relationship. And I I know in my gut that I'm out of fellowship with God, but it hasn't quite reached my brain yet. And it's my body is responding to that. So let's check that out first. Let's talk with the Lord first about that and ask him because he's going to know even better than our husbands. But then again, going to our husbands because they are our covering. They are our protector. They are the ones who are there to um, watch over the overall care of us and of our children. And that is a biblical role for them. It doesn't mean they have to understand everything. It doesn't mean they have to sympathize or empathize. It's something my husband struggles with, but sometimes I have to tell him, look, I just need you to say that, yeah, this, that would be hard. You know, just, if you could just say that, that would really help me. And so he would say that, you know, and, uh, but it's just, sometimes I think it's, it's tempting to, um, to believe that we have to have all of our feelings validated. Um, that is something that the culture really, uh, really presses hard on us. And, and I don't want to undervalue that because I think that empathy and sympathy is very important. But I think we also need to be careful not to stop there and, and not to make that front and center. Because before we know it, 
we end up with a victim mentality and we end up in self-pity and we end up thinking, woe is me. I can't believe I'm in this situation. Um, you know, nobody understands. I'm, I'm just, I wish somebody would understand what I'm, what I'm feeling. Guess what? Someone does understand. Jesus, the high priest, he has suffered in all ways and he is empathetic to those things. So take those things to him. It is possible to have, uh, to deal with our anxiety just between us and God and not even have to bring anybody else into it. But when I see that it's affecting my life and I feel like I need that support and I need that help from my husband, I will go to him and say, would you, if nothing else, just pray an extra prayer of covering over me so that I can be the wife and the mom that God's called me to be and just pray that I'll, you know, be in fellowship with the Lord. And and if you see something that, you know, is might be contributing to the problem, would you please tell me? Um, you can tell them, pray about it first, and then let me know if you see anything. Or, And you might have to remind them later, hey, did you pray about that? And was there anything that you think that I'm doing or thinking or whatever that might be contributing to this? Be willing to take that correction in that direction from your husband. Um, and the cool thing about that is as we do more of that, they become more tuned into us and they get better and better at helping us through those things and being the covering that God has called them to be. Okay, so I mentioned that I am very much a, I'm a very self-disciplined person. Um, I like a routine. And so this is one thing that has been super helpful to me, and that is keeping a consistent routine. That has been a huge, huge part of keeping my anxiety level down. Because as a wife and mom of, you know, I'm a wife of one and a mom of eight, and so they've got this family of 10 home pretty much all the time, breakfast, lunch, dinner, laundry, house stuff, you know, meal planning, meal executing, you know, pulling all the meals off and, uh, you know, whatever activities the kids have. This is where I had to say, okay, what are my limitations? Um, God has put me together a certain way and I'm, I'm a perfect fit for my husband and these kids. Um, that doesn't mean I'm perfect. It just means that God has appointed me. This is what I, this is, this is my mission field, my main mission field. So what are there things that I'm planning that are too much? Are, am I overscheduling? Am I um, am I able to get the things done every day that I know in my heart are are things that need to be done? I need to get the laundry at least continuing to move forward. I need to have I need to know what we're eating. I I wanted to make sure we were eating fairly healthy meals, so that required extra effort on my part and extra grocery store stops and things like that. But those were important to me. And I believe they were, that was me walking in obedience to God. And so I needed to make sure that I had a routine that would allow me to accomplish those things. And so I share actually uh, kind of what that looked like in a podcast called Our Family's Simple Routine. And so I'm going to write that down here so that I um, share that in the in the show notes um, if you haven't listened to that one, or maybe you need to re-listen to it um, in light of some of the things I'm talking about today. Uh, that was super important to me, that consistent routine. And I think that we are all wired like that to a certain degree. We need order. God is a God of order, not a God of chaos. And so what we want to do is live an orderly life in obedience before the Lord. And that might mean we have to say no to things that are good things, but they're not the best things for our 
family. Okay, so another thing, and this is a this is something I did years ago fairly consistently, but in the last about five or six weeks, I have been, so the last few years, I've been super inconsistent, and the last about six weeks, I've been really consistent with, and I can't tell you the difference it has made for me. I have had so much anxiety over the last few years as I transitioned into, well, moving into a, across the country and then transitioned from perimenopause to menopause. And um, But walking 30 minutes a day. Uh, if you look up the benefits of walking 30 minutes a day, um, you would be amazed at what you can, uh, the information that's out there on that. In fact, I'm going to include... Um, in the show notes, uh, an article on the benefits of walking in the morning. But one of the main things, um, obviously you can walk any time of the day, and I have done that before, but I have found the morning walk to be particularly effective. Now, I am not a morning person, so this is a big deal for me to be getting up and motivated to get out there walking every day. And so uh, in the mornings, because um it's mostly a time like I like to take my morning slow, but this has been such a blessing to me that I am motivated to get out there. So what happens, one of the things that goes on is the morning light comes through the atmosphere in such a way that it um, it comes into our eyes um, in, in such a way that process actually has been scientifically proven to alleviate anxiety. And I am finding that to be absolutely, absolutely true. I My cortisol levels have been super high for a while, and I can feel over the last several weeks that they have reduced significantly. And one of the main things that I have done, and about the only thing that I've done that's been really different, besides one other thing that I'll share in just a minute, is walking 30 minutes a day in the morning. Now, I'm going to have someone on the podcast. Her name is Shona Murray. And I mentioned this book before that I went through um, in this at the end of the summer, which sort of has transitioned me into uh, this lifestyle that and these things that I'm sharing today um, and reminded me of things I've done in the past that have been helpful that I've started implementing again. And one of the things that she talks about, it's, it's her book called Refresh, and it has to do with recovering from burnout. And she's going to be on the podcast with me talking about those things um, in just a few weeks. So I'm super excited about that. But um, one of the things, the first things that she mentions and that she was actually a doctor in Scotland, and whenever someone came to her and was depressed, now we all know, I think you probably know that depression and anxiety are like brother and sister. They're like, they're not polar opposites. They're actually very much interrelated. So when women would come to her burnt out and depressed and and that sort of thing, she, the first thing she would recommend is solitude, quiet. Now I know that's difficult as a mom, but if you can get out on that walk for that 30 minutes a day, which is what I do, I use my morning walk as also my time of solitude. So uh, sort of like a, it's kind of an efficient version, but it works for me. And it's where I, when I'm out on that walk, I don't, I don't make myself do anything. If I feel like praying, I will pray. But a lot of times, I just let it be a time of solitude. And I'm telling you, it's only 30 minutes. She suggests an hour, but 30 minutes, hey, I'll take it, right? And it seems to be working. So um, it can be a time of solitude. Also, I have when I have felt myself just feeling particularly heavy on my walk, um, 
I will pursue practicing gratitude. This is another really huge, huge thing. Um, Some people will journal morning and night the things that they're thankful for. That's something you can do. I often will stop throughout the day and practice gratitude. I'm going to have... uh, Nikki uh, Dutton, she's going to be talking about uh, gratitude and practical ways to practice this, but I'm just giving you a couple simple things to do uh, today that I believe, I know for a fact, help alleviate anxiety and depression, and that is practicing gratitude. And this is not just a life hack. This is a biblical um, This is a, a biblical uh, principle. The scriptures talk all over the place about being thankful. It commands us in the New Testament to be thankful. God isn't doing that because he needs us to be thankful. He's doing that because he knows that being thankful is healthy for us. It is what gives life to us. And so practicing gratitude, Um, like I said, journal in the morning and journal in the evening um, or do it on your walk, Um, solitude, uh, and then this 30 minutes a day. And again, you can combine those things. All right, the other thing that's been super helpful is paying more attention to my gut health. Um, And so what I've been doing, I'm just telling you what I've been doing, eating lots of veggies, good meat, so no antibiotic, no hormone, and preferably pasture-raised or grass-fed. And that's getting fairly easy to find in the grocery store. So lots and lots of veggies, lots of meat, not lots of meat, but just a a good amount of protein. So I'm, I'm keeping my blood sugar up. And then some fruit. I'm, I've reduced grains and almost completely eliminated sugar. So my diet, my 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 eating is very simple. Um, you know, I buy a bag of kale, um, organic kale. I wash it up. I dry it up. I make kale chips. Um, I'm just going to give you a little tip on that that I learned um, from this recipe book that I got that is awesome that I'll share in just a minute. It's basically you take the kale and you uh, wash it, dry it, and toss it with um, with olive oil and kind of work it in with your fingers. Don't season it because it will end up limp. So then you pop it in the oven, 350, 15 to 20 minutes, and then you season it after that. Man, they're addictive. They are so good. So just having things like that ready when you're hungry. Um, anyway, so that was, that's was that been super helpful. Um, I've been doing a microbiome mashup. So the microbiome is what you want going on in your gut, like what's going on in your gut. And so this microbiome mashup is something to help the microbiome in your gut get better. So basically increasing that good bacteria in your gut, it is a variety of vegetables, okay? So it's at least 10 vegetables chopped up in the food processor, super, super tiny. And I try to do the ones that are in season and um, try to get organic if I can, Uh, you know, clean 15, dirty dozen, I think it's the dirty dozen, I think so. And the clean 15, you can look that up, tells you which vegetables and fruits are sprayed more or less or whatever. Anyway, so chop that up super small and put it in a bowl in the, in the fridge. And I just eat a couple scoops of that, you know, a scoop of that a day. Even if it's just a couple tablespoons, you sprinkle on your salad over the course of several weeks, it makes a huge difference in your gut bacteria. You can also take it and freeze it and put it in a, um, you know, put it in a freezer bag and throw it in the freezer and just take out a couple tablespoons a day so you don't, you know, end up having it go bad. So there's options with that. But if you look up microbiome mashup, super simple, super easy, super effective. There's connections between that and OCD. 
um, between gut love, gut health and OCD, uh, gut health and autism. There's gut health basically is, it's like your second brain. So um, it can affect your thinking. It can affect um, your perspective because we're, we're, you know, everything's tied together. We're holistic. We're not, you know, here's your physical, here's your mental, your emotional, your spiritual. Everything melds together. And so when we're taking care of our bodies, we're also taking care of our emotions, um, our mental state, and our spiritual state. One thing I would suggest is to ask somebody to be praying for you. It can be your husband. Um, I asked my husband um, to hold me accountable weekly because although I am a self-disciplined person, I was kind of getting lazy and I realized I wasn't doing the things that I knew would be helpful. I wasn't sticking with it. I would get distracted and move on to something else. Oh, this must be something better over here. And instead of sticking with the things that I know are basics and um, they're actually simple and they're actually pretty sustainable, but you can't be doing a million different things in order to do them and you got to have some self-discipline. So he held me accountable and that has really helped too. So one thing that, uh, here are some verses that I want to help speak to, um, to anxiety. Psalm 84, 11 says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Listen carefully, no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless? So as we're walking through our experience with anxiety, we need to remember that God doesn't withhold anything good from us. So when we feel the anxiety, we need to ask ourselves, when we need to ask the Lord, why am I out of fellowship with you? And then what, what is it that um, I need to pay attention to? Is there something, are you, is there a red flag flying here that I need to pay attention to? Because God doesn't withhold anything good from us. And I think sometimes he allows anxiety in our lives in order to get our attention to pay uh, because he's got something good for us that he wants to give us that we don't even realize we need. So for me, um, what I needed was I needed that walk every day and I needed that practice of gratitude and I needed that practice of asking him before anything else or anyone else, what he had for me, how I could obey him in the midst of that anxiety and understand that he doesn't withhold anything good from us, okay? Now we could read that as no good thing. Does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless? And we go, well, I'm not perfect. So he's gonna withhold good for me. No, that's not how it works. We are blameless before him because of the blood of Christ. All of our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. That doesn't mean we don't need to confess, but we confess for our sake, not for uh, not because God hasn't forgiven us, okay? But it is it's a it, again that's a practice, and I, I've talked about this in other other episodes. Okay, Proverbs three five through eight. This is a super important one to me and a, and a particular favorite because um, early on when my children were all small, I really really struggled with worrying that I was going to die of cancer. So like every or of something else because uh, I just I had I had known a mom who of ten who had gotten uh, a, a brain a tumor in her brain and she passed away and left these ten children behind and it was just. It just tore my heart out and scared the crud out of me. And it really sent me spiraling for quite a while. And my husband would keep saying, no, you're okay. So let me just stop there. Go to your husband, ask him to pray. Is there anything that we should get checked out? Maybe you're experiencing this, that, or the other thing. And let him help you decide that. My husband would sometimes say, yes, let's get that checked out. And other times he would say, no, 
I honestly believe you are just fine. Now, I needed to yield to that. I needed to say, Lord, that is your direction for me, and I'm going to yield to that because I'm yielding to you by yielding to my husband. And I know people would balk at that. Um, And if I felt strongly still, I could pray about it some more and go back to him because my husband is very reasonable. But I realized after a certain amount of time that this was becoming a pattern. I was just anxious about this thing. I was fearful and it was getting a grip. And so I learned to yield to my husband, but I also, of course, went to God's word. I said, Lord, where in your word do you talk about health? Like you've got to have, you got to, you've got to address this. And of, and of course, in, in probably indirect ways, there are passages about this, but this is the one that he led me to. And also, and I want to preface it with a few verses before, because I think it's important uh, to hear it all in context. Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Do you hear that? So trusting in the Lord instead of leaning on my own understanding, my own understanding was full of fear. Okay, so I needed to not lean into that. I needed to trust in him with my whole heart and I had to ask him for help to do that. I needed to submit to him and understand that no good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. He wasn't gonna withhold anything good from me. He wasn't hiding anything from me. He would reveal to me whatever I needed to know when I needed to know it. And I needed to trust him with that. So I yield to him. He makes my path straight. Again, it's repeating in verse seven, don't be wise in your own eyes. It's the same thing as not leaning on your own understanding. Now, this is super tempting in our day and age because there's so much information out there. You can instantly Google stuff and your mind will be reeling and it will take days, weeks, months, maybe years to reel that fear back in. So let's not do that. Let's not be wise in our own eyes. Let's fear the Lord and shun evil. What is evil? Evil is idolizing anything, putting anything on the throne of our hearts other than God. I have put fear, worry, anxiety, my children, my husband on the throne of my heart instead of God, and it's not going to go well. God calls that evil because we're to worship him and him alone. And so as we are not wise in our own eyes and as we fear the Lord and shun evil, this is what brings health to our body and nourishment to our bones. Again, that was Proverbs 3, 5 through 8. Another verse, Psalm 16, 6, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. This is David speaking. He's saying that his life circumstances are ordained by God for David's good. Yes, God allows us to suffer. Yes, God allows us sometimes to walk through suffering. Um, Many of us don't have a theology of suffering, and I would encourage you to read more about suffering in the scriptures, and the scripture speaks very clearly to suffering, and those are the same verses we would apply to anxiety. Anxiety is a form of suffering. It's not, sometimes it can be self-induced, I, I, and we need to be careful that we're not doing that. But sometimes it's just a time, a season that we're struggling with it, okay? And that is a form of suffering. And God speaks to that all over scripture. Jesus said, a bruised reed, he will not break and a flickering flame, he will not snuff out. He is compassionate towards us, but he also expects us to obey him, to trust in him. 
again, with all of our hearts. And we need to understand and remember that he does all things well. And we need to ask ourselves, is he enough? If, you know, if being able to have his presence with us was important enough for God to send Jesus, remember it's Emmanuel, God with us, that was the big deal. God wasn't here and present. The Spirit would come and the Spirit would leave before Jesus came. And once Jesus came, that was it. Emmanuel with us. God is ever with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And he sent Jesus so we would have that gift. And so we have to ask ourselves, is he enough? He is absolutely enough. We can ask ourselves in our in the middle of our anxiety, is God enough? Yes, he is enough. God, I believe that you are enough right here. You are with me. My heart's beating fast and I don't understand this, but I know you're with me. Thank you for being with me. Thank you that you never leave me nor forsake me. Psalm 16, eight says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. I pray that all the time. God, let me keep you ever before me. Um, and and um, because you're at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Moms, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever because he is all-knowing and all-present and all-powerful. We don't have to be. Does Isn't that a lot of times the root of our anxiety? We're trying to be all-knowing, all-present, all-powerful. We're not. He is God. We are not. We have human limitations, but we serve a God and we are indwelled by a God who does not have limitations. And so I think it's important for us to understand that difference. By respecting my human limitations, um, I am, you know, my need for rest, my need to pull back, my need for exercise and and to eat right and to um, have some solitude, to be in the word, to be in prayer. Um those are all things that I need as a human being. And when I respect those needs, I am respecting and honoring God as my creator. And, you know, one of the things that we're doing when we do all of this is we're letting him care for us. And sometimes it feels like a trust fall. But, oh, moms, it is so worth it. He is so worthy. He is so there. He will catch you. And I guarantee you, if you are in a heavy season, of anxiety, you are going to move past this. God is going to move you past this, but you must persevere. You must have self-discipline. You must keep him ever before you. First uh, Peter 3.17, here's some verses on suffering. For it is better if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than for, than for doing what is wrong. And so as we are trying to walk in obedience to the Lord and live our lives in obedience before him as wives and moms, sometimes anxiety and depression are part of that journey. And, and that is part of the suffering that we're called to, okay? But we're doing right, not doing wrong. And if we're suffering for that and we're suffering because this is a sinful world we live in and this is part of that journey, we want to suffer well and we want to bring him glory in the midst of that. Sometimes in the midst of just anxiety, you know, when my body's all amped up, I will just say, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I love you. Just say it out loud. Hebrews 12, 7 through 11 says, Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you're not legitimate, not true sons and daughters at all. 
Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So as you're walking through this difficult affliction, trial, um, suffering, remember that as you remain faithful, there will be a harvest of righteousness and peace for you. Um, I will include these um, references in the show notes. I'm just going to give you a couple more. First Peter 5, 9, but resist him. This is the enemy. Firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. You're not alone. Others are doing the same. Many women before us have suffered and suffered well, and they have stayed true to what God has called them to. They have walked in obedience to him, and they've continued to do that um, because they trusted him. We can do the same thing. We want to set that example for generations to come. And Romans 8, 18 says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. So moms, just remember, it's baby steps. If we've been uh, feeling anxious and worrying and fearful for a, a very long, we have actually burned neural pathways in our brain so that that is the easiest route for us to take. It's the easiest thought pattern for us to take. And we're going to have to do the hard work of changing that. We want those neural pathways. We want new ones to be burned. And one of the most uh, effective ways to do that is you know, being in the word. It is gratitude. I believe it is also taking that walk and getting that solitude, paying attention to those things. Um, but we're, you know, these these different things that we do help us take the baby steps we need to to make new pathways. And, and I'm telling you right now, I'm speaking from experience that as I have done this, it has become so much easier. It was really just a matter of weeks before. I just, it, it's like, it's like, uh, I don't even, almost don't even have to think about it, that I'm thanking God and praising him for things where six or eight weeks ago, it was a struggle to do that. So I'm telling you, moms, it works. It's effective, but you've got to persevere and you've got to take the baby steps and you have to be disciplined. Um, but God is the one who will strengthen you to do that. All right. So in the show notes, I'm going to include um, the the scripture passages that I read, um, the other things that I mentioned. I'm also going to leave um, a link to um, a wonderful recipe book that I have been enjoying so much. It's a leaky gut uh, recipe book. And the the recipes are simple. They're healthy. Um, they're perfect for busy moms. And so I'm going to throw that in there um, as well. You don't have to do everything in there, but even if you just take a bunch of recipes out there and just make those baby steps of improvement, I think you're really going to notice a difference. I'll include the microbiome mashup link. Um, also, I mentioned gratitude. Another thing that has been super helpful to me, um, and this was uh, several seasons ago, was to study the attributes of God. So there was a book called The Attributes of God by A.W. Pink, and I will include that link. It's older, so the language is is a little you know old, and so you have to take your time reading through it, but it was really, really great for me to have to do that and soak in what he was saying. 
And there was something, and it's a way to keep the Lord ever before us is to focus on His attributes. Um, another study that my daughter has done several times is called "The Wonder of His Name" by Nancy Lee DeMoss, and I'll leave the um, I'll leave the link to that as well. A Christian counseling website that is very biblically based that I have found a ton of help on for different topics is the CCEF, which is the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation. And I will leave a link for that as well. Lots of little short um, five-minute, 10-minute videos or audios to listen to that are super, super helpful. And lastly, I'm going to be talking with Ed Welch. Um very soon, in actually in November, about his little booklet called "I've Been." Uh, basically, I have a, diag- a psychiatric disorder. What does the Bible say? So this is would be directed towards women, people who have had uh, been diagnosed with um, uh, OCD or with um, anxiety or um, depression or whatever. Um, there's a there's a list of them that he mentions in this little booklet. But he but the title is called "I Have a Psychiatric Disorder." What does the Bible say? Because we tend to see these things in individual boxes or try to make more connections than we should, and we kind of mess things up. And we need to find out, does the Bible speak to these kinds of life issues? And as you've probably guessed, it does, and Ed Welch is going to help us to recognize that. So I hope these things I shared today, this hodgepodge of uh, different things, um, were somehow helpful, what I encourage you to do is to pray. Ask the Lord to bring back to your mind the things that He has for you. And again, remember, it's baby steps, um, but you can totally do this, Mom, and God is going to move you past this. And um, and you're going to have a story to tell and a testimony, and you're going to be able to help others, and you're going to be able to look back and help yourself when there are other seasons of anxiety that you may walk through. So let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that everything in, um, in your word is useful to us, Lord. We thank you that um, there are answers there for every problem in life. We thank you that you understand anxiety, that you know us better than we know ourselves. You know the deepest places um, where we are hurt, where we struggle, but God, you meet us there. So Lord, may we never forget, let us not turn to man. Let us not look to the world for answers, but God, would you help us just to focus on you and to come to you and to pour our hearts out to you because we know that you will be faithful to answer Thank you for never leaving us, for never forsaking us. Thank you that even though we're fickle and our emotions change from day to day, minute to minute, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. 